Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how is the release day treating you? It's very, very exciting. I kind of snuck up on me. I truly am mm-hmm. really excited. I love a lot of the changes. I'm so excited for this episode, but playing the game already, loving it. It's an absolute blast so far. Excited to dive right back into it. Probably actually... We're out. Cut this podcast short. I'm going back to gaming. Like, welcome, goodbye. It was a good run. If we could, we would. Yeah. You know, today we got a good episode, though. We're diving into the season 12 patch notes, as we always do upon release, giving you guys some of the details, the highlights, giving you our early impressions before we, you know, over the course of the next month or so, really dive, dive deep into everything and get you the best. Uh, Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to ask questions for the podcast, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. Link is in the description. Recently, with all the hype around Apex, we've felt a huge growth in this community, just huge spikes in listenership. If you want to keep the third party going, please consider joining our Patreon Over there, you can get a ton of benefits, bonus episodes, exclusive merch, replica weapons, gaming sessions, and so much more. We have a great group of people over there. It'd be great to have you join. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news. We had some people leave Respawn, unfortunately, this last week that are on the more notable side, so we wanted to talk about it. Uh, We had Mark Yampolsky. Apologies for the mispronunciation. Uh, the creator of modes in Apex is essentially his like tagline, uh, but specifically played a huge role in control coming to the game. So, you know, I, it's kind of sad that we had the creator kind of say, you know, drop the mic, peace, I'm out. Here's like my final call. Uh, but yeah, Mark's going to be missed. And we also had two important map designers leave, Rodney Reese and Dave Ozai. Rodney was the lead designer on World's Edge and Stormpoint, and Dave was the lead designer on Olympus and multiple map changes from here on out. So definitely losing some notable people. Um, social media is a buzz with the you know reasoning, speculation, all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, you know, I think the thing we got to look at is they've repeatedly said, People are coming in and replacing. They're hiring. Like the game is staying strong. There is no reason to worry. People are just kind of moving on after being on the game for, you know, two plus years at this point. And so, what are some of your thoughts, maybe hearing this and uh, early reactions? Yeah, I mean, it's really sad to see all three of these great people go. Um, you know, we've been looking up to them and enjoying their work for a long time now. So it's definitely sad. But I think both. You and I, Shay, are optimistic about the next year of Apex. Mm-hmm. We're confident that the game is going to continue to grow and be successful. Um, and it definitely isn't stopping being fun uh, anytime soon. So we're optimistic. But the other thing to consider that we'll probably go into on future episodes is what is the change to the guard? Like, who are these new people? What's the new direction? Is there a change in perspective with? An entire change of the team, essentially. Yeah. Something that we're very curious about, but also optimistic. Yeah, I mean, these people obviously teach and, you know, share their opinions and feedback and wisdom to the people beforehand. But the exciting thing about new people coming in is you get new ideas and new perspectives. So, yeah, totally could shift things and really going to be interesting to see. We're kind of seeing that play out over the last couple seasons with Legends 
maybe even a little bit with weapons now as well. And so these are kind of some serious map folks, and we might get some differences going forward because of it. But with that, let's dive into the meat of the show today and talk patch notes. We're going to start at the top. Maggie. Maggie's abilities in depth. We've kind of pushed off talking about Maggie's abilities for a while just because it really never lined up with our recording schedule and we just really wanted to get the confirmation of everything first. So I'm really excited to talk about this. This is for some people going to be their very first time hearing our opinions. Let's start with the passive. Warlord's Ire Ire, Ire, uh, temporarily highlights enemies you've damaged. No movement speed penalty when wielding shotguns. You want me to rifle through all of these and talk about it, or you want to go one by one? Yeah, let's go all three, okay. and then we'll talk. we got the tactical riot drill. Fire a drill that attaches to an obstacle and burns enemies on the other side. And then the ult, we have wrecking ball. Throw a ball that releases speed-boosting pads and detonates near enemies. First impressions, early on. You know, it's only day. We're going to master Maggie next week. We're going to dive into her all week, all weekend, all next week in preparation for it. So we'll have some much more put-together thoughts then, but... First impressions. First impressions are Maggie is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a lot of cool abilities that essentially deal damage and give her mobility in a very, very unique way. Yeah. Um, the first kind of impression that I had of her character design after realizing what her ultimate was, was I didn't really get it. I think this is the strangest uh implementation of an ultimate into a character design mm-hmm. um, just because the thing that she carries on her waistband does not look like a wrecking ball to me. No. And I understand there's a transformation. I get it, but... She lets it rip, Beyblade style. It, it doesn't really match up like they normally do. So that was an impression, but who cares about that? That's aesthetic. Um, I, I don't want to go into everything not let you talk, but we're talking damage. We're talking damage across the board. The tactical is very, very strong. Being able to deal up to 160 damage with it is crazy. You're not going to do that, yeah. but its ability to pretty much pin corners is really, really strong. Uh, we'll kind of go into more about, is this the end of Gibraltar? I don't really think so, but we'll no. continue that conversation. No, no but it, it is a character that has abilities that actively do counter exactly. in a way which is not totally normal in apex this was not mean the end of gibby no, hopefully no character comes into the game meaning the end of another character ever at all but it'll definitely be an interesting dynamic to monitor going into the future yeah but that being said about the tactical early impressions are it's a really cool ability that's quite easy to use yeah not sure if we can say that about the ultimate yet at this point Mm-hmm. You can't really aim it, so it's like Revenant. You just you trigger the ultimate and it goes. That means it's a little bit more difficult to actually perfect the aim. But that being said, it has a lot of punch behind it. And so Dude, when you get hit, man. And th- I think that's where some of the worry is about Maggie. Like the knockback effect, the stun effect, the flash effect, and the damage. That's a ton. Mm-hmm. And given the speed of it. I think it, I'm not going to go out and say, oh, this is overpowered and completely unfair, but I can definitely say right now on day one, this is a frustrating ability to go against. Mm-hmm. And in the past, frustrating abilities don't have a great track record yeah. in Apex. They get nerfed. Like mm-hmm. That's just how it goes. Will that happen here? 
I don't know. I kind of think we're in a new age of legend balancing, but that's definitely the first impression. Yeah, she's really interesting so far. And a weird blend of a unique, you know, frustrating kit and mobility. You know, kind of mm-hmm. the two things that are very popular in Apex. And so she's going to be an interesting one to monitor. I, th- You know, we've played a bunch of control today. So honestly, the highlighting of enemies, can't really tell yet the exact implications. So I'm excited to speak more on that next week. But the shotgun movement speed, like no movement speed penalty while wielding shotguns, pretty cool. Like pretty legit. And if you're a big shotgun fan... I think it's a pretty nice buff, but the use of Maggie right now is so interesting because I've been, you know, early impressions just loving being able to truly obliterate people in like a one-on-one. You hit them for 120 and they duck behind cover and you got your tactical, fight's over. Like, because yeah. they have to pop back up or they're going to die from the ability. Like, there's a lot of like situations in isolation like that where she's going to really shine. Particularly maybe if we bring her into arenas and kind of having that controlled environment with a no third party kind of thing. The Wrecking Ball is interesting. And I've honestly found the most use of it so far is moving fast with the team. Like I've used it to escape like twice now in BR where like I run into people and I don't throw it at them. Maybe I should, but I've turned around and thrown it the other direction to get the heck out of there. And that's worked. I don't know if that's going to be the use case for it, but she's just going to be an interesting one. And like you said, difficult, very like frustrating and difficult to use with that ult. So it's going to be hard to kind of grasp, but it is weird how ult's hard. The tactical is pretty easy though. And the passive is as passive as you can get essentially for a passive nowadays. Yeah, if we were to compare Maggie to Ash, very, very different in terms mm-hmm. of difficulty, ease of use. And I would probably give the edge to Maggie in terms of ability design easy right out of the gate. It's just a more approachable kit. It's probably a more powerful kit. Um, and so I'm excited to talk more about Maggie next week. Yeah, going to be sweet. Uh, let's talk about the next thing, though. Olympus map changes Early on, what have been your first thoughts dropping in from above? And I got some things to share, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Honestly, this is a different major map update than we've typically had. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think this is as catastrophic as the Season 5 Kings Canyon update. I don't think it's as catastrophic as the Season 4 uh, World's Edge update, just because it's not super centralized, the changes. Um But that being said, my favorite thing is honestly the fact that Olympus is lower to the ground next (laughs) to the city. I love it. Like It legitimately makes the dropship so much more enjoyable. I I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it looks amazing. I'll be honest, though. Like We'd read about it and heard all the changes. Flying above in the dropship for the first time, I was having a hard time finding the changes, though. Like... Honestly, I, it was just like, wait, I thought Bonsai in the area before was going to get changed, but no, it was shifted in another way. And then I was tr- having a hard time off the top of my head remembering like, wait, what did Orbital Cannon used to look like? Because now it definitely is you know, more in play in a way. And so I think it's going to be cool. And I'm interested how they kind of went about that in terms of being like, hey, this is going to be an impactful change. They think it will be, but I'm interested to see how it actually comes to play. Um, Blanking on the name of the POI right now, and so I apologize, but the not the like brand new phase one, 
but the tunnel one that goes into the Hammond area. If you remember the name, feel free. Um, I've fought in there twice now today and used it to rotate a couple of times. It's a very cool POI, and there's a lot of room to engage and get stuff done. They were not lying when they said this was going to be a very large interior POI. Like There's a lot of room to play around, and there was three or four teams fighting in there at once when I was over there, and it didn't feel horrible, which I think says a lot. Yeah. I Honestly, this is a pretty historic map update just because number one, Rodney Reese was able to achieve a map update without destroying anything. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Apex like never done it. It's already great. Yeah. We love it. But it's kind of in the same vein more than that because you were able to update a map by adding things to it and improving the quality of the map without taking anything away. So that's like that's the same as what I said before, <laughs> but it's a little bit deeper because yeah. that's really cool that you were actually able to improve the map, make it fresh, and we didn't lose anything that yeah. we cared about. Mm-hmm. That's a huge win, I think. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm excited to see how this you know affects ranked particularly and what kind of the community's feedback is on it. So let us know in the Discord. Kind of want to hear everyone's thoughts. You love an Olympus? It's more popular than we thought. So uh, excited to see if people are behind these changes. Uh, next thing in the patch notes that was a little interesting, we got some wildlife updates to Storm Point. And there's a lot of detail that goes into it. But to sum it up, Prowlers pretty much got a little bit of a nerf and the reward for fighting them was increased in turn. So just overall, much more of a benefit uh, to engage with the Prowlers, but also not as much of a you know risk to do to run across them and on accident. Uh, this, I mean, there was a ton of backlash on the AI and Apex. We talked about how risky of a thing it was to do, but this seems like a pretty logical step to remove some of that element of the game, but also keep the importance there for the people that liked interacting with it. And the fact that like end games won't shrink around these dens anymore is an interesting note that could, you know, it just keeps everyone happy, I think. It's a solid change. Yeah, we were never very outspoken about complaining about prowlers or spiders. Yeah, but probably a good decision on their part. I don't think it's incredibly like meaningful. I don't think that you're not going to be able to fight prowlers and actually have that in the game. It's just a little bit easier now. There's yeah. not the massive knockback effect anymore. Mm-hmm. That's been reduced. Damage been reduced. Only three um, can shoot you at a time or hit you at a time. Yeah, yeah. So. It's been some changes, which are probably great for the game. Yep. Ranked updates, though. This is uh, this was kind of one of the ones that surprised us, and we were interested. So I'm going to read a dev note, and then we'll get into it. So the dev said, In Apex Legends, the primary goal is to be the last legend standing, and racking up kills is the vehicle to get you there. Last season, we made changes that opened up flexibility by compensating players with high kill counts that didn't necessarily place first. We like this flexibility, but after observing the pacing of high-level ranked games, we saw players were focused on seeking out kills a little too much. Players that focus on fighting for higher placement and team play should be more faithfully rewarded. So in turn... Now we're getting into the changes. Max kill KP was reduced from 175 to 125, and they bumped up placement points for teams in the top five. So easing back on the kill KP cap and adjusting per kill bonuses, essentially requiring two to three less kills to hit maximum RP in a game. 
What a weird one that we were not expecting, but if you listen to the third party podcast for a while, you know we teach the strategic rotations and the placement strategy. So we are back in that sense, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's so, I mean, it's frustrating to me just mm-hmm. because. I didn't feel that ranked was in a bad place and how the point system was set up and how you earned points with placement. I thought that was all fine. Then we were introduced with this new like new system last season without any data to back it up whatsoever mm-hmm. in terms of rank distribution, nothing. And now we get this change again with no data, no rank distribution, no anything. Yep. And the only thing that we get is this note, and to me, it legitimately doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) You're saying that the primary goal in Apex is to be the last legend standing, to win. And racking up kills is the vehicle to get you there. We want you to get lots of kills. That's the main primary goal of Apex. And then you say people are doing that a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Because that's exactly what they should be doing. You just told them that was the primary goal. You put a system in place that supported that. And then you don't say, this was wildly off. You say, they were just trying a little bit too hard to do what they wanted to do. So we're doing this big sweeping change again. Mm -hmm. What does a little bit mean? What is the right way to play ranked? What's wrong with the system that you put in place? Because now we're in a situation where we feel like the points you earn in ranked are going to be pretty similar to a year ago in terms of what you'll earn based off the kills and the placement. But now we have a really convoluted system that is not as clean and easy to understand as it once was. So why are we going through all this trouble with only this as an explanation? It's frustrating and strange. Uh, If you really love ranked, I think this is a hard thing to understand. Yeah, it's a weird one for sure. And I just think the final takeaway is they're just going to keep playing around with it. Like they're not, you know, happy with it. I wish we learned more and I wish we had more information on some of the decisions they were making and the data behind it. But to truly sum it up, placement is more important. Getting top five is more important now. And it used to, you know, used Mm -hmm. to be able to compensate with kills. Now you can't as much. And so, you know, Play for the top fives even more. You know, if you got a rat when you're at squad seven left, you know, you, you got to do those kinds of things now more than ever if you're grinding for ranked. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the community wants versus what the game wants. I like the placement style. I think it's fun. I think crazy end circles are really, really cool to play in and just these incredible experiences, but it's slow in the early stages of the game and that's not as fun. And some pros really don't like this kind of stuff. Some pros really like the ranked, but it feels like we are taking a step closer to trying to mirror ALGS in ranked again, which is where we were, like you said, over a year ago. So we're running circles now. That's how it feels. Got some replicator changes. Uh, med kits uh, are now 15, down from 20. And the longbow and the flatline are in the replicator with 40 ammo for the flatline, uh, for 30 or 40 ammo for the flatline, and for 30 materials each for the weapons. We'd spitballed a bit about was this going to mean the removal of attachments and such. Uh, it does not. So 
kind of interesting thing to look at again, but using the replicator now as a vessel for the loot pool and really expanding the replicator in general. Because like you kind of talked about a while back, this could mean days are there's days where you got flatlined with purple mech in the replicator. So what's that mean? This is huge. Honestly, I think this is the biggest change of the season, of mm-hmm. launch. I think that having both of these guns that are wildly popular, mm-hmm. I don't think that you could have picked weapons that are more popular that weren't necessarily the exact front runners. Uh, yeah. But the longbow and the flatline are very powerful weapons. This makes them so affordable. You're getting one uh, canister of materials and opening one supply bin, and you can get a flatline with ammo. That is an incredible guarantee for pubs and for ranked. Um, this is huge. This is massive. And like you said, Shay, with the syncing up of the different attachments that are in the replicator uh, rotation, this is even crazier than when the turbocharger you know, is in mm-hmm. the replicator. The mm-hmm. focus on the replicator, it feels like every season just gets ramped up. They mm-hmm. want people to use it more and more and more. And if you're not listening... You're missing out. <laughs> and, and I think it's interesting to see what they did, though, with these guns as well. Longbow is popular, but we talk a ton about, like, is it the best? And I think it's an interesting conversation that we've had over there. Um, but the flatline is not the same flatline as last season. And we're going to talk about that later. Before that, though, let's get into legend updates. Starting with the big rework. Crypto. Huge change, right? We got Don't in- do them like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, so, got some crypto changes. The important ones. Information was added to the drone HUD, including ring info, minimap, kill feed, team status, and ping information. Uh, the FOV detection was increased from 160 to 240. I think that's one of the biggest changes, by the way. Um, and then a deployment rework, essentially. So, not a full kit rework like we were maybe expecting, but truly just the deployment of the drone was reworked. Uh, you can now press the tactical button and that causes crypto to send the drone flying in a straight line in the direction of crypto's view for a few seconds. Uh, when we talked about it, I thought it was going to go like endlessly or much further. It doesn't go too far, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, but if thrown to a wall or another form of geo, the drone will hit the wall and reorient itself so that it's facing away from the wall obviously turning into like a wall camera of some sort. And you can now hold the tactical button to throw the drone and enter it. A little different than what we were expecting. We thought it was going to be reverse, and we've both had issues so far early on, but I think this will be one that people get used to. But here's the dev note on crypto. Crypto has been off the grid in terms of pick rate. The goal of these changes was to make his kit more accessible and engaging. With a new deployment option, we lowered drone health to prevent reckless drone deploy. Crypto is still a methodical, calculating legend, and manually piloting hacks should still be the primary way to access macro-level recon. Drones view HUD updates should help here as well. Crypto's never been weak per se, but we're contingent of his strengths at high-level play, so we'll be keeping an eye on his usage and performance. Let's talk about what this means. I think that last line is really important as well, by the way. I'll just throw that in. (laughs) It's really tough based off how this was sold. You know, there was so much hype behind this change. I think Mm -hmm. crypto is not a a front runner as like a beloved legend, but his character model and his personality, his backstory, and the idea that every single piece of his kit is locked behind a drone is so cool. I think Mm -hmm. that... The anticipation for crypto getting a rework was the most exciting thing we had in the mm-hmm. last year. I think yep. that it was a big, big deal. 
When we did like Legends by Design, we talked about mm-hmm. this is one of the most fascinating legends to enter about Oriel, where you got There's to be no in doubt. your drone. It's so interesting to look at, and it's not even close. There's no doubt. But this is not a rework, at least in the definition that we have of it. Um, this is a really nice buff to the tactical. Yep. And you know that being said, I think these are great changes. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think the crypto is a lot easier to use now. Um, you know, I find myself being able to get more assists with the tactical. Man, yeah. that that FOV increase on where the scan ranges is very helpful, mm-hmm. and the ability to toss it out for recon is really nice. And you know, Shay had predicted this. I'm not sure if we said it officially on the show or not, but being able to trigger the ultimate faster and easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna EMP yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. You're going to EMP yourself, but this is something I've done multiple times already. It's been successful. These are good changes. There's no really denying that. Mm -hmm. These are really good changes for crypto. Are they completely reworking his whole kit and are going to shoot him up to the top or mid-level and pick rate? No, absolutely Mm -hmm. not. That was clearly not the objective here, and I think that's probably okay. Yeah, I think they hinted at it slightly in in the... Dev note saying that like he's not the worst in terms of like winning. Like his win rate isn't horrible. It's kind of I think what was being hinted at, and that we're looking at his strengths at high level play, and we're gonna keep an eye on the usage and performance because we've seen a crypto meta in ALGS stuff before, and it was quickly uh, shifted away from, and yeah, balancing was done because it wasn't entertaining. And that's one of these things we look at with a legend like crypto, where it's like, hey. This is not a guy you want as number one on the pick rate chart. You don't want everyone running around with drones and EMPs. It's not fun. Like we talk about Mirage. It's just not a fun legend to have at the top. Um, but I think for the crypto mains out there, this is huge. Like this is going to be awesome. And that's really exciting. I've actually played a surprising amount of crypto every time I look at my account. I it's true. It's weird. And some of my best damage games come as crypto. Some of my best games come as crypto. So I might have to give the boy a little bit more uh, attention, play him some more. I think it's uh, I think it's good work. I think there was a overhype, and that was too bad for what we were maybe going in the expectation as a community. But if that hadn't been there, we would have gotten this change, and I think it would have been even more well-received and we're getting the heirloom potentially this season as well for crypto. So lots of cool stuff coming for our guy. And uh, overall, if you're a crypto player or if you're someone that has been interested in the kit before but just kind of like didn't want to approach it, now's the time. Because like you hinted at, Henry, while this maybe doesn't increase the power level a ton or the incredible funness of his kit, it's easier. It's easier to play. And that's key. It really is. And like if you're old school like us and you remember reworks of Lifeline and Mirage in season five. Oh, back in the day. That's what we believe rework is, kind of looking at each piece of the kit, put it, tearing it down, building back up. That is not what we get anymore. And the expectation that a rework is going to have a significant impact on how you play a legend is not really the case anymore. We haven't really seen it with Revenant, Rampart, Watson, and now Crypto. That's not really the intention. And I think all of that is kind of fortified by the idea that mobility is the heart of Apex. That's Mm -hmm. what we want to keep powerful. Anything that's not mobility, we're going to be very, very cautious about. And we're not going to risk it. A lot of players, 
probably ourselves would also say, mix up, you know, the meta. Try something. You can always nerf it. Like, why not make crypto a really powerful legend that could compete with Bangalore? Mm-hmm. Why not? That hesitation, I think, is what's holding the team back of we don't want to push that envelope. Mm-hmm. We don't want to encroach on how fun mobility is by putting in kind of cheap, more ability abilities mm-hmm. like crypto and, is a perfect example. And that comes back to this, the core of Apex. It's a gun game. It's what mm-hmm. kind of the creator said. And that's what it kind of always seems to be at its heart. And honestly, as much as we would enjoy it, because we've been playing for you know forever since the game came out, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to mess with things so drastically. They've obviously got a great model. They're making a lot of money. They got great player retention. They're growing all the time. There's not reasons to you know drastically shift how people play and see the game. But let's keep this rolling because we could talk about crypto for a while and what it means for game balancing. I think you know we, we've done full episodes on this already. Mm-hmm. Let's talk caustic. So caustic Nox gas traps are now destroyable after detonation. They have 150 HP and detonated traps will expire after 11 seconds now instead of 12.5 seconds. But the gas effect lingers for two seconds after the barrel's destruction or expiration. So the gas particles still linger a bit longer as they dissipate. So it's not like a change in time. It's just a change in the visual of what you'll be having to push through or go up against, essentially. What do you feel? Like, it's early, so I feel like we haven't truly yeah. gotten to experience this one. Uh, we we talked weird. about this a good amount, I think, on last episode, last sure. week. Um, this idea that this move is clearly trying to force Caustic as more an interior legend than somebody that can toss out a bunch of barrels in the open yep. and deal damage, mm-hmm. obscure vision, do things like that. Not as flexible. Um, yeah, and they've already made efforts to do that. So this is just kind of trying to push the needle even more. Yes, you can destroy barrels before they're actually uh, detonated. Now you can do it while they're being detonated. Truth be told, I don't think this is as bad as we thought it was going to be mm-hmm. in terms of the intensity of the nerf. 150 hit points. Legit. That's a good amount. Mm-hmm. That's more than an entire grenade. Yes, you can do like 400, almost 500 damage with an entire purple clip of the R301, but you're probably not going to be doing that. So mm-hmm. this is a good amount of bullets put into a gas trap. And I think we even talked about this last week. The idea of forcing an enemy to fire half their mag yep, is a pretty good ability. So. Mm-hmm. This is not as intense as uh, we kind of thought it might be, but probably a better direction for Caustic to try to push that into interior space and not behind rocks out in the open. Mm -hmm. Caustic's the weirdest legend also and has the weirdest Mm -hmm. player base because you have this interesting dichotomy of, oh, you get a nerf, less people play Caustic. Less people playing Caustic is a buffed Caustic because number one counter to Caustic is Caustic. Yeah, what a weird I sentence, it. but it, it. it's it's hilarious. Like we've seen people on Reddit respond to devs saying nerf caustic. I want less of them. Like yep. I come just at me. I would come at me. So it's interesting in this weird like yeah, this is a nerf. Maybe less people will play him, but like we've said, 150 HP. If you gotta shoot half a mag, I'd rather fight someone with half a mag of an R301 than a full mag of an R301. Mm-hmm. Gas or no gas. Kind of interesting. Gonna be one to monitor. Before we get into the rest of the episode, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. 
Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertiser, your ISP, and other prying eyes. And that's why we use IPVanish, VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. I love being a ghost. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners with a free 30-day money-back guarantee. So that's just like getting nine months free. It's super easy to use too. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com-apex and use promotional code APEX and claim 70% savings on your deal. That's ipvanish.com. Dash Apex. Welcome back. It's weapon time, which means you get to take the lead. HB, walk us through this season's patch notes on weapons. How are people going to be affected? How am I going to be affected? Does it matter? Because uh-huh. I don't miss, according to our Discord. I mean, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I, I always love the weapons, um, but kind of kicking it off with one of the biggest ones. The alternator is back. Yeah. Returning to ground loot, the Volt now takes its place in the supply drop. Now, Alternator has come back just as it went in without disruptor rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think this is a massively welcomed uh, return for the Alternator. I love the weapon, and I think that this is going to play into a future episode topic of assessing what's the current state of light versus heavy weapons yeah. in the game. How does that affect your inventory? How does that affect the meta? Um Really looking forward to that. Now, the Volt taking its place had changes just like I expected and more. Um, Mm -hmm. We got the full addition of two damage per bullet, going from 15 to the body up to 17, now that it's in the supply drop. And also, it received an increase of the mag size, going from 28 to 30. Um, Definitely don't miss this thing. Uh, in the supply drop, the Volt has always been great. It's very easy to control. It has decent range. And now it is very, very much more powerful. This is also playing into just this new version of a supply drop. What do we think about it? Weapons will get buffed going in. It is strictly a tool to keep the loot pool fresh and to allow them to add new weapons into the game. It's no longer a place where, oh, wow, the best of the best weapons get put in there. They get It's not uniqueness. No, Mm -hmm. it definitely isn't. We've now had two weapons back-to-back that get substantial buffs going into the care package. It's so interesting. And this plus the replicator means there's so many ways they can go about shifting the loot pool going forward. And I really think opens up the amount of weapons that they can add to the game even more because they can lean into this further if they wanted to. 
replicators may have four weapons in the loot pool. They're in rotation, or depending on the replicator that you go to, you'll find this weapon versus this weapon. We'll add more guns into the care package, and so we can add more to the ground. Like the possibilities are endless. They can go whatever direction they want. But yeah, these two guns making a switch, really interesting. Volt's a fan favorite, but the alternator is a fan favorite. I think they said on behind the scenes or off air before the show, where I'm like, I'm not surprised that people gravitate back towards the alternator because we were talking about the, you know, popularity of it in arenas early and people just kind of speaking good things about it. It's the easiest gun to use, and I don't think there's a gun I'd feel more confident with hitting like all my shots than the alternator. Just an awesome gun to control, and. I'm welcoming it back with open arms. I'm a big fan. It's a great carrier for the R301 as well. Um, what an awesome weapon. I'm sad to see the Volt go, especially after getting its 110 Battle Pass skin You know, recently. Yeah. It's kind of a weird combo, but eh, we'll fire. We'll, fi- we'll figure it out. <laughs> now, the next change is very historic. The flatline has not only been put into the replicator permanently, as mm-hmm. far as we know, but it's also received a nerf. Why? I have no idea. I have but a theory, the damage but keep going. reduced mm-hmm. from 19 to 18 per bullet to the body. This change reduces the damage per second from 190 to 180. This really, in practical terms, means that the time to kill went from 1.05 seconds to down somebody with purple armor up to 1.11 seconds. Mm-hmm. The reason that this is crazy is, A, it's the first time that the flatline has been nerfed in three years. It's a very powerful weapon. It's a very popular weapon, mm-hmm. I would say. And now, at this point, the R301 is faster, time-to-kill-wise, mm-hmm. than the flatline for the first time ever. Uh, it used to be tied at 1.05 seconds. Now, it is not. Um you know, the one upside to this is it's a very strange nerve to me. I'm interested to hear what you have to say on it. Um, but this only really increases the shots to kill mm-hmm. by one for the flatline. This is not a nerf that you're going to say, ew, I don't like the flatline anymore. It's bad. But it is curious. Why nerf it? Why do we want to take something that was so even, so balanced, so different to being, hmm, it's now slower? Yeah. It's just straight up slower now. I think it, it comes down to it going into the replicator. I think a gun that could be available every single game, bar none, no matter what, is just going to get a nerf naturally. Like that's going to be the trade off. It is. You can now have your flatline every game, but you don't get to have what is, by all considered, the most powerful AR if you are skilled and can use it correctly. And so I think that's where the trade-off comes. I think that theory would make more sense if the longbow got nerfed as well, but I'm just going to shove that aside for a moment. I think that's the premise of what is happening, though, in my head, in their minds, of them saying, hey, if this gun's going to be available all the time, it can't be the top honcho, even if you know it takes skill to use, essentially. So it's weird because I think you could find a flatline every game if you wanted to, but I also mm-hmm. think there's a lot of players where if the flatline was in the care pack, or is in the replicator and it was at its purest state essentially with no negative press around it with a recent nerf. I think there's people that would just exclusively play that and not loot anymore. And I think that's too far in the direction they seem to want the replicators to be. That's just my theory though. So we'll see if we can get somebody onto the show maybe to talk about it in depth more. Absolutely. Next we had a change to the triple take. Um, 
first thing that they did was removed projectile growth from what they call bullets. The damage was also reduced from 23 per shot of the three shots down to 21 per bullet. And a dev note before we chat a little bit about this, mm-hmm. the triple takes return to Florilu has been really positive, but it's proving to be a bit ahead of the pack with its ranged performance. We're eliminating the bullet growth it retained from its days as a sniper to pull it in line with other marksman rifles. I love that it was performing at range with people. Like That's hilarious to me because we always talked about the advantage of it being that it's flexible in the close range. So mm-hmm. interesting to see how players are actually using it, though, in the macro sense of looking at data. Yeah, what do you mean by range? The triple take can't even have a sniper scope anymore. So yeah, that's why I'm curious. It's with the charge rifle, it's completed with the sentinel. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, the bigger thing here is we never knew, we've never heard of projectile growth. Ever. But this is a thing. I have and no idea what thing. it is. I looked can only into it. assume it yeah. means over distance, the actual size of the projectile increases so it's easier to hit. We have to assume this is true on the Sentinel, the Longbow, and the Kraber. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which is funny because it makes some sense with an energy sure. weapon. Like, lore-wise, I can explain it. Like, it's an energy mm-hmm. gun, so as it travels, picks up some speed, and it mm-hmm. gets bigger. I don't know how the bullet of a Longbow gets larger back in the day as you shoot it but this is a video game feature we've never heard of before yeah never had discussed and it's always weird when you change something in the game that nobody's ever talked about before um it's strange i think this is unknown to the vast vast majority of players um and honestly i'm not we're talking about a lot i don't think this is going to be a big deal like I don't no, think this no, is going to no. shift why or how you use the triple take in any way, shape, or form. But we just want yeah. to tell you guys because we were so surprised. It was like one of the first things we read and we're like, wait, what the heck? It's changes like this that just weird me out. You know, <laughs> If nobody's going to notice, if it's not going to move the dial, why do it? You mm-hmm. know, like, Are you just trying to increase the word count with the patch notes? What's going on here? Because the triple take is not going to stop outperforming the 30-30 or stop competing with the longbow now. Like mm-hmm. it's not moving. So let's talk about more crazy stuff. stuff though. Let's talk about more crazy stuff. Cause this is a weird, weird season for this category. All right. So we got some hop up changes first out of the gate. We didn't lose a hop up so again. Mm-hmm. Um, last season we didn't this season. We didn't that has honestly never happened before. We've always been trading out hop up, whether it's purple, whether it's gold, we're always trading we are not doing that anymore. What's the <laughs> impact? You know, now that we're adding so many weapons or changing up how the replicator works, like la di da di da, we're doing all these things to try to be cautious of the loot pool, except opening the floodgates for more and more hop ups. Crazy to me. But let's dive into it. First new hop up is the kinetic feeder. Like we talked about last week, sliding with the triple take or peacekeeper significantly speeds up choke time and automatically reloads rounds. What do you think, Shay? It's an interesting one, okay? And I think it's actually kind of cool for, you know, looking at how you're going to use specifically the PK. I I don't Mm -hmm. think it's going to be a big deal on the triple take at all. But the PK, 
especially you know in combo with Maggie having more speed and so much of our movement abilities where you can get really fast moving slides. I wasn't expecting the choke up time to you know kind of be increased as well. And so the fact that you're going to be able to maybe have some really cool plays where otherwise you wouldn't have had a bull in your mag or you're going to get that just little extra choke it takes to get more damage with the PK could be cool. Like it's definitely a hop up that I think is worth putting on your gun specifically if you have a peacekeeper, but it's not like some of our other hop ups in the game where I'm like, "Oh, this is a huge change to the weapon's power when I put it on or how I use it effectively." But kind of cool. I like it more than I like the uh, dual shell reload personally. So that's my this maybe. One, yeah. 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 So this like I think it's right fun. in the middle. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think at this point in third party podcast history, we've kind of thought about two different storybooks in Apex. First one being the plight of Pathfinder. You know, mm -hmm. the rise and fall, mm -hmm. all these crazy changes, you're just struggling to balance the guy. The second one being the energy tale, how energy weapons have come into the game, how they've changed the game, adding in attachments, like dominating the meta, dominating arenas. The energy tale is a really interesting chapter throughout the history of Apex. Now, with the kinetic feeder, we might have to start a new book talking about the choke. Because choke as an ability for the PK and the triple take has gone through such a roller coaster. It's weird. And it's now here. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. Um, but like you said, I think a very fun pop-up. I'm excited to continue to use it. And that, that combination with Maggie is definitely something to look out for. Get into the big one, though. Big stuff now. Hammer point rounds are back. First things first. Hammer points are removed way back about a year ago at this point. And the result was buffing both the Mozambique and the P2020. Harrowpoint comes back. You may assume we're nerfing both of these uh, sidearms. Not the case. They retain <laughs> their strength. They're only stronger with mm -hmm. the Harrowpoint rounds now. Um, let's go through a little bit what it means for each weapon. Yep. P2020, an additional 50% damage to unshielded health. What that means is you're going to normally do 18 damage to the body, but if it's the health and you have this hop up, it's going to do 27 per round. What this looks like, purple armor, we're talking time to kill, you're going to have a 17% faster time to kill mm -hmm. with the hop up compared to without. If we kind of look at early game, common armor, that's going to increase the 30% faster time to kill against common armor with the hop-up compared to without. Really big. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Honestly, it doesn't get bigger than that. The P2020 is the most significantly buffed. They've talked time and time again how the P2020 is underpowered, underutilized. I've been a huge fan of it now in arenas for multiple seasons. I think the P2020 is really, really strong, and we'll talk more about arenas and its use a little later. Buy it in arenas, though. Please yeah. do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Mozambique, next up. A little different, not plus 50% unshielded damage, but plus 35% unshielded damage to health. Normally, Mozambique does 45 damage if you hit all three pellets. Now, if you hit all three pellets to unshielded health, it's going to do 60 damage against purple armor, with hammers, you're going to have a 13% faster time to kill compared to without. 
And against common, you're going to have a 22% faster time to kill with the hammers. Mm-hmm. Mozambique has been good. I think a lot of people love the Mozambique. They like it in arenas. They like it as a sidearm. Mm-hmm. What's great about it is you don't really need attachments. You know, you have a powerful weapon that if you're using it as a secondary, yes, the bolt is really nice, but in an ideal world, you're just going to fire it once or twice. Yep. And the fact that the Mozambique is fully automatic, perhaps you didn't know that, now you know, um, this is a big change. And <laughs> even though it's not as impactful as the P2020's edition of Hammer Points, the Mozambique was good, is better. Yeah. I mean, people were talking about the Mozam as a sleeper shotgun. Like some people were mm-hmm. like, it's my favorite shotgun last season, which what a journey. They we're saying it. What a journey yeah. the Mozam's been on also when we're talking about kind of some of the books and stuff. Um, one thing to keep in note, very, very specific early Mastering the Legends tip. Maggie, plus her shotgun speed, plus the Mozam pistol strafe, or Mozam shotgun strafe speed. Um, really, really fun as a secondary with hammer points early on. And I love it because it's just such a f- great, I would say, easy weapon to use in the shotgun class. Like This does not feel like an all or nothing. You have a lot of shots. You have full auto. You can unload it. When you're using it as a secondary, you're going to get a lot done. Absolutely. And then we have the RE45, the huge surprise here. Previously, mm-hmm. the RE45 was considered the opposite of hammer points. It Disruptor got disruptors. rounds. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what it was. But it now has hammer point rounds. Same as the Mozambique, plus 35% unshielded damage to health. What that means. Normally, 12 damage to the body, now 16 if it's versus unshielded health. Against purple armor, with the hammers, it's going to be 12% faster time to kill. Against common armor, it's going to be 17 fast, 17% faster time to kill with the hammers. Mm-hmm. Very powerful sidearm. Fully automatic, but in more of the traditional sense compared to the Mozambique. The R45 is a really fun weapon. Now mm-hmm. it's only more fun. This is a huge meta shift in how powerful these pistols are. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, like, you know, people are kind of really, really excited and freaking out about the RE45, particularly. Mm-hmm. It's still not in the realm of the R9, the car, in terms of time to kill. It is not at the yeah. SMG level when you're going up against purple armor. But with the hammer point, it is now better than ever as your go-to secondary if you can take the shields off people with whatever gun you use as the primary and swap to this you're going to be able to finish out fights really effectively with a gun that i find very easy and to use and confident to control and that's kind of the biggest selling point is you don't have to worry about maybe that smg recoil that you get with the car or that you get with the r9 that's kind of tough to use at times you get a really competent strong weapon and when we're talking about kind of the purple versus common like maximizing the hammer point i think something that's going to be interesting maybe it's not a big deal because this is an ltm but control you got blue shields so obviously we're leaning even more towards the side of beneficial for hammer point and so maybe this is a gun that proves itself more in that mode than anything else I'm really glad you brought up this idea that, yes, these are all significant buffs, but when we look at the time to kill, there is not competing against most ARs and Mm -hmm. all the SMGs. The R9 and the CAR have a time to kill of about one second. The RE45, 
with hammer points is at 1.12 seconds. Mm -hmm. The Mozambique with the hammer points is at 1.29 seconds. And the P2020 is at 1.32 seconds. All significantly slower, but like you said, an incredible secondary. And all of them, in my eyes, are fairly easy to use. You can control the recoil. You can play them smart. And if you're using the hammer points, you're going to be rewarded. Yep, definitely. These are, this gun is going to be, I will say early, like maybe if I find this, if I find the hammers early, this could be my go-to secondary, like instead of an R9 or a car for finishing people off without a doubt. Um, and that's an exciting change to get in the game. So really cool. Next, we had changes to the shatter caps. We talked about this last week, but we got yep. a little bit more information. Now, passively affects hip fire for both weapons, the bow and the 3030. If you aim down sights, it remains the precision single round shot, as you would expect. Mm -hmm. He can't toggle it on and off, like we talked about. This also came with some changes to both weapons. The 3030 pellet damage while in shatter cap mode went from 8 down to 7, and the bow pellet damage was reduced from 12 to 11. What do you think? Oh man, it's still early. I gotta say, I I know I kind of came in as like being a big fan of this change potentially last week when we talked about it. it I'm not saying it's not played out good or not played out bad for it. It's just I I still feel like we need more time on it. I was surprised that we got an, a nerf with the guns themselves as well. Um, that was kind of something I was not expecting. I don't think I thought the, the whole point was. Use the shatter caps. I don't think that they're underused. Like I don't think the ease of use that this change gets justifies a nerf to the weapons. It's to me was more of like a, a UI thing essentially, like a yeah. quality of life shift, not like a buff. Um, so that was a little weird, and I think could be a bit of a downside for the people that were really excited about this, like myself. But I, I've been messing around with the bow and control as it's one of the you know kind of go tos for me when I get to opportunity to get it fully kitted with unlimited arrows um and i think i think it's good i like the change but i i don't think it's going to be for everyone is, is what i'll say essentially i think i agree with you on all those things finally let's talk about arena's meta shifts um mm -hmm. this kind of has to do with some of these hammer point changes you don't have the vault in arenas which i think is going to be missed um go to for people mm -hmm. truly but all these buffs to the P2020, the Mozambique, the RE45, as well as the addition now or the return of the alternator, all four of those weapons are very viable in arenas, mm -hmm. very popular and very powerful. Um, right now, the price of the alternator is the same as the Prowler. And if you just think about even a first round buy, so much easier to use, so much mm -hmm. more powerful because of that fact. Um, we did see some price increases uh, to these weapons. The P2020, all the way up to purple, went from 200 materials up to 325. You know, that is what it is. You mm -hmm. can still buy full purple in round one, and you're going to have Hammer Point now. So huge buffs, honestly, to the P2020 and the Mozambique, as well as the RD45, without a massive change in what round you can buy them in. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. please continue to use them like we said. Yeah, these are the early round favorites far and away right now, especially like we kind of talked about. When there's less armor involved, these hammer point rounds will shine. And that's when the, that's what happens in early rounds. So P2020, Mozam, get them early, max them out. Like 
and take advantage of it when you can. I'm, I've never felt more confident about the early rounds in terms of fighting because these are guns I think that I'm good at. And so I want to use the P2020 against other people using the P2020. So practice with these guns so you can dominate them. We had some changes to the fully kitted rotation as well. We added in the RA45, the Triple Take, the Peacekeeper, the Prowler, and the Havoc. Those are the gold weapons now that are throughout all the maps. What a lineup. Oh. Truthfully, <laughs> I think probably the most underwhelming yeah. lineup we've had in a long, long time. Um, not having something that is really powerful and fully automatic is disappointing. I think that with this lineup, we're showcasing the new hop-up, we're doing some cool things, we're giving some love to the Prowler and the Havoc. Both very strong weapons, but not, easy. not really comparable mm -hmm. uh, to some of the things we've seen in the past. Most recently, having a fully kitted R301 yeah. car. Like mm. These are very, very powerful, and I don't think you can really put them up against the current lineup yeah especially when you have guns like the triple take and the peacekeeper that are like you don't really need them fully kitted to yeah. maximize value out of them so it's like two of those don't even matter two of them are hard to use okay i'm excited about getting a purple hop up now with my gold gun and, and the mag so the re45 is nice but it'll only be truly excited about one gun not a great lineup well, let's wrap things up. We're going to talk about bug fixes now and quality of life highlights. Obviously, they do a ton of stuff. We're not going to read you guys everything because a lot of it is not very interesting. But they fixed. So the first thing they did, got rid of one of those kind of uh, movement texts. They fixed for cases where players were able to use melee on incline services to get speed boosts while sliding. It's no more. Uh, what's slide boosting? What's the actual term? Do you remember off the top of your head? I'm blanking on the actual name right punch now. Punch boosting. Punch boosting. Punch boosting. Yeah, no more punch boosting in the game. What an interesting like line to draw where they're like, that movement tech, too much. Tap strafe, we said we were going to get rid of it, but it's too hard. We're not going to. Punch boosting, no. Got to get rid of that. <laughs> Great translation. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, reticle color customization. They are limiting the values to avoid some exploits. Uh, this is something that was kind of going around social media. So obviously, it wasn't the intended use of being able to exploit the reticle color customization. So nice little bug fix there. Uh, we got some interesting ash changes. And tell me what you think about this stuff. So when ash's tactical hits an object that it cannot stick to, it should now bounce off instead of destroying itself. The tactical cooldown will not be refunded anymore for that. Any instances of this that you can think of or point to? I, I just think it was an interesting case use or use case of thinking about this is now going to potentially be a bouncing ability on services where it was meant to originally. I never ran into this. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you a, a situation where I had this happen or a location. Yeah. They also improved the targeting experience for Ash's ultimate. Prefer, by preferring locations that are further away. I think this is really cool. There's very little instances where you were wanting to, you know, be right next to somebody and teleport yeah. five feet. So now it's going to default yeah. to further away. I think that use will be nice for her kit. Um, but then two of the cooler things, they added the ability to see your teammate's survival item while the inventory is open, and quitting players can no longer deny kills and assists. After two years of Apex Legends, they have got rid of the rage quit in some way, shape, or form. Gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think the survival item is a pretty cool thing to know. I think there's a lot of cases where you're not on mics, 
you're not sure, do my teammates have a heat shield? Because we're really going to need it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's nice to know now if you have it or you don't, because then you can make decisions. Use your Valkult, not use your Valkult. It's a really good thing to know. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to wrap up our patch notes show for the day. I think this was a really exciting. We're both hyped for this season going forward. We're excited to dive deep into stuff into the future and talk about Maggie, talk about some weapons, talk about arenas, talk about control. Got tons of great content coming. Those are our first impressions. Big thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10, as well as our dropship captain, Luke, who supports over on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.